Well, another episode of Chasing Labels is here, spine number four. I'm going to start doing the spine number thing. I'm Stephen Billings, and with me, as always, is Mr. Andrew Cabral. How you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Glad to be back on another episode. We are on number four, or spine number four, getting super metal with it. Yes. And yeah, can't believe we're back again after two weeks. Feels like I was just here talking to you. We're always talking about this off camera, so it does feel that like we just- That is also true. Yeah, that's what we do. Um, but- Tons of announcements, uh, arrows throwing some crazy stuff at us, imprints. We got some other other little labels gonna throw. So, and we also got a guest this week, our first we do guest. Yes, and um, without further ado, um, he does the Criterion Now podcast. He's done a lot of other things. I'm gonna let him explain it, Mr. Aaron West. How you doing, man? Uh, hey, Stephen. Hey, Andrew. Uh, thanks for having me. As uh, I'm. Very honored to be your first guest. Uh, I love what you're doing here, and it's um, yeah. Thanks for, for choosing me. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I have a podcast called Criterion Now, but I'm a media fiend. I have uh, in the other room. I think at last count, it's like three thousand discs. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I've watched like pretty much all of them. That's well, you're doing better. Than, you're doing better than me. That's I... a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's maybe two thirds if I if I'm lucky. I haven't counted yet, but. Um, so we we have Criterion now, which is part of Criterion Cast, uh, and we we had a, a previous podcast called Criterion Close Up. So I actually I just checked the other day. We've been co- podcasting for six years. Um, it's Jeez. crazy, yeah. But love it, and uh, and yeah. I look just looking at the um, what's come been released. I just love talking about physical media. So just thrilled to be here. Yeah, we um, you know at the core of everything we you know do we love the movies of course but you know it's these it's this, these these little boxes we hold in our hands that we just we get obsessed with and you know for different reasons more than others i mean i, I honestly before the, I, I was talking with andrew about this i kind of wanted to put together a questionnaire for all our guests maybe if you come on again we'll have one for you um but i really would like to have like a questionnaire for all my guests about like little things like you know how many how many movies are in their collection or you know why do you pick what you pick and things like that so maybe next time if you come on again we'll we'll throw a questionnaire at you but favorite color is blue oh Just okay oh, that, that, that was gonna definitely do. yeah actually teal 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 uh, i know about mm. that yeah and criterion <laughs> reference guys if you don't know that one um yeah that's a deep cut yeah that's a deep cut if you go back I, the episode i did on his podcast i did a song uh mm-hmm. it was about the barnes and noble sale i think this was 2018 um yeah I think we had a contest, if I remember. Yeah, and Dice, I think Dice, you... Dice K was the other one that won. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah Dice K, of course, Dice K is fantastic. But yeah, uh, he's awesome. your, yours yeah. was the fun. If there was like a funniest, and uh, but it was also just catchy too. I'm I put a lot into it. I put a lot into it. It's, it's because I I was actually recording in a recording studio. That's why I I won. No. <laughs> <laughs> I went a little bit too far with it, but it's okay. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, let's not waste too much time. We got a lot of stuff to get into, a lot of announcements. And Andrew, do you want to you want to get us going? Where do we want to start, Stephen? Because there's a lot to start with. Well, um, let's start. Let's start with um, we got um, Second Sight. Second Sight is a UK label. Um, they have got a couple interesting tidbits here. I want to I want to throw out. Um, they just announced that they're going to do a 4K for the um, Jennifer Kent film, uh, The Babadook. Um, it's going to come out June 21st. Um, 
and if you don't know about this film, uh, it's kind of, it's about a widower um, who she you know she is having a hard time dealing with the death of her husband and and dealing with her her you know young son. And I don't want to give away too much about you know all the elements of it, but uh, it's a film I really love. I really love. What do you, do you guys? Lo- Aaron, you like this film? I love this film. It's also Australian Australian yeah. horror. I think that's worth pointing out. Um, and yeah, kind of. I don't don't want to get into where it goes, but um, it's a really innovative way to explore a character's psyche. Um, and I think it'll really uh, pop in 4K. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, tempted to get it. S- Second Sight does great work. I just bought a few from them, and they have really thick packaging, really uh, good-looking work. Um, so looking forward to all of theirs. As we call them, bricks. Um, bricks, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. for one movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so some of the spe- – uh, Ar- uh, I'm sorry, Andrew, what did you think? You liked the Bobby Duke, right? I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. I remember when it came out. I can't believe 2014 is when it came out. It doesn't feel that long ago. No, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, a wonderful existential horror, which I really like, kind of art house, art house horror, non-traditional horror, which I also really like. Um, and, yeah, it's coming out. It's a, it's not a, it's not exactly a cheap, you know, uh, <laughs> import, but it is coming out June 21st, like Stephen said, and for tech stuff, it's getting a new 4K master. But I, I would think that it would still look pretty good for a movie that came out seven years ago. Uh, there, it is going to be an HDR10, and we're talking all pretty much mostly new special features. Audio commentary by Alexander Heller Nicholas and Josh Nelson. This is my house interview with actor Essie Davis. The sister interview with actor Haley uh, McElhaney. Uh, Don't Let It In, interview with producer Christina Satan, or it's not Satan, Keaton. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, Conjuring Nightmares, new interview uh, with producer Christian Mol- Moliere. Uh, Shaping Darkness, interview with editor Simon uh, Niju. Uh, if it's in the name or in the look, new interview with production designer Alex Holmes. Uh, new The Bookmaker, new interview with book designer Alexander uh, Juhas. Juhas? Yes, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Baba Duke! Uh, oh, exclamation I like point. how you said that. Yeah, uh, you have to say it. Yeah. Uh, interview with composer Jed Kurzel and then Monster Jennifer Kent's original short film, which I'm assuming that it was based on. They call him Mr. Baba Duke. The making of featurette. There's no place like home. Creating the new house featurette. Uh, special effects stabbing scene, and so that's one of the scenes. The stunts illustrating evil. Creating the book. Optional, optional English subtitles. And looks like it's coming within like a really hard, rigid slipcase, 150-page hardback book. So yeah, this is gonna be mm-hmm. pretty elite for this movie. That's that's a kind of a big, uh, big cult movie, over that's you know developed over the last few years. Um, I remember when it came out on Blu-ray, and I have the, the I think it was Shout Factory. They had the one that if you it had like a pop-up, yeah, um, yeah. slipcover one with the I red slipcover. Like a cutout. Yeah, I got that kind right when it came out. Um, so yeah, that's that. And Stephen, what's the other thing that they have coming out? Um, uh, they, they have George Romero's Martin yeah. Yeah. is getting a 4K release, and this is you said this is George Romero's uh, fourth film. I think it's like his fourth or fifth, um, fourth or fifth film. But it like comes that. you know after Night of the Living Dead uh, and that box set that Arrow released a few years ago. I think it comes after those films as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming. Um, actually, let me, I could probably look it up. Um, well, it's, the, the, it's, it's initially that uh, Second Sight was going to put out, um, just a Blu-ray of this apparently. Um, okay. and it, after, I guess during the pandemic time, they decided over that time that 
it was I, I think this is also because of the probably the sales they had for their Dawn of the Dead set. Um, maybe okay. maybe they're thinking they can sell, you know, this film for you know uh, and put it in 4K and get more out of it. I think maybe. Yeah. And yeah, let me look up because I it came out in 1977, and that was right around Dawn of the Dead time. Yeah, I think it's right between the. I think it was between yeah, Beyond right Light it. and Dawn is what what, what that Arrow set yeah. was called. Yes, and I remember when that set came out. Pretty much everybody was like, "Where's Martin?" You know, that's yeah. that's the film yeah. that they wanted from that period. So, um, which, I probably which is get interesting the rights. because yeah. it's it's it would have gone like directly into Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Like it would have just synced up right away. Um, maybe they just. Maybe, I'm assuming a rights issue. That seems to be the thing. Second sight has deep pockets. There you they go. Apparently. <laughs> they do. Um, I when it comes to, I'm not quite sure when it comes to special features. Let me see. Um, I'm not. Just, I don't, they don't have anything. They I think, don't have anything. Was it no, just an no, announcement? It's just an announcement okay. that they're going to do a 4K. Yeah. There's no. Because yeah. I went. I went to Blu-ray.com and looked up Martin, and there was an article from 2019 that yeah. said Second Sight was putting out Martin on Blu-ray. Yeah. So this has been in the works for a couple of years at least. Well, the only other kind of like vague uh, announcement that we got here is uh, a kind of a big one here. Uh, Studio Canal is saying they're going to be putting out a 4K of, of Ron from uh, Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, Akira Kurosawa's adaptation of King Lear, I think. Yes. One of his mm-hmm. Shakespeare adaptations. And I saw this and my eyes immediately <laughs> popped like, like floodlights. <laughs> like, I, like I'm embarrassed. I have not seen Ron yet. I'm just one of the, it's where them Kurosawa's I haven't seen yet. Um, Stephen, I don't know if you have the Criterion version, but uh, just the battle scenes, yeah. the way they use colors, uh, you know, the reds, yellows. I forget what the uh, Andrew knows the flags that that the yeah. uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the opponents would carry. Uh, it's one of his more epic films. Yeah. In fact, I'd say it's his epic film. Really? Like, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, and I'm I not saying, it's not saying it's his best film. It's up there, but it's um, it's, it's an epic. I mean, yeah. to me, I mean, the standard is always Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. I've always said that I I just adore that movie so much. One of my favorite movies of all time. I, but Rand is right up there. And what's the and what's just amazing about it is, like you said, the colors. And I know mm-hmm. that this has gotten a, a 4K restoration within the last few years. So I'm assuming that it's going to be based off of that. Yeah. And I think it's, but it's only coming out in a few places because Studio Canal really doesn't release stuff here. I still think that Lionsgate owns the U.S. rights releases to Studio Canal stuff. I just have that feeling because I have the old Rand Blu-ray from 2010 that was mm-hmm. put out by um, Lionsgate and, and through their Studio Canal collection, like imprint, not really an imprint. But it's, um, yeah, and I think this is coming out not through Second Sight, yeah, but it's coming out, like you said, Studio Canal. And I saw this, I think it's coming out in just in Australia and the UK, I think are two okay. places. Or no, I think it was France. Was it France? I think it's France. I yeah. always get the covers confused <laughs> with one another. Well, it was European 4K, covers. You can play it anywhere anyway. So. Yeah, it won't you matter. Know what? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It won't matter. It absolutely won't matter when it comes to region. Do, do we do we think this is going to come somewhere in the U.S. though? I mean, do we do we think Criterion might get the rights back to put this out? I mean, so great question, a- Andrew. I don't know if you followed uh, the the saga, but um, 
over the last couple of years, Criterion has started re releasing um, Studio Canal films again. Uh, a big one was in the Fellini set. Got some back there. Uh, Army of Shadows, Pierre LeFou, a whole bunch of them. Um, I, so I think they're s slowly coming back, but also other labels have bid on them, you know, some of the, the smaller movies. But um, I would think that Criterion, if they um, if they w were willing to po pony up the... Uh, the, the dollars they would uh, they would the thing is Criterion is not doing 4K and I don't think they're going to anytime no. soon. Yeah, I don't I don't see it happening anytime soon. Um, I did look; it does say all. Yeah, it is Australia and France, okay. so it's coming out in those two places. I guess whichever one is cheaper to import, <laughs> I guess is the one you probably want to go with. But I'm assuming it's the it's same. Not, it's not Australia. I can tell you that. I'm betting against Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for in terms of pricing, yeah, probably yeah, well, not. It's rough. Traveling not. time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did notice that when it comes to Criterion getting the rights back to some of their stuff that went out of print years ago, I'm still hoping for the Third Man. <laughs> Give me that Third Man. Uh, well, I mean, you know, re 4K remaster that they've done over the last couple mm -hmm. of years. I'm hoping they get that back. We're we're seeing a lot of team ups though a lot lately. You see Kino um, teaming up with a lot of other, like companies are teaming up to put releases out too. Um, I'm not sure if that's something Criterion would do, but um, yeah, I mean we can only hope, I guess. We'll see. Either way, if the movie's out there, it's it's the, that's the most important thing. Yeah, and I'm yeah I'm kind of getting tired of everybody putting out their own versions of the same movie. But we're going to get into that pretty soon, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Re the re-releases of the same movie through different labels. Well, I'm just, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, all right. So now getting into some kind of more official announcements here. Um, we're going to start with uh, Eureka. Um, they had a couple kind of reissues of, of some things that are now in kind of standard editions, but we'll let you look them up. Uh, we're going to, we'll look at the um, couple of new releases they got coming out. Um, the first one we got here is The Millionaire's Express, um, and it's going to be limited to 3,000 copies. Um, this is a, a Hong Kong film that is um, directed by Samuel Hung. Um, he's, he's also an actor. He, he, he's done a lot of stuff with Jackie Chan, um, and we'll get more into that later because some of the, some of the other stuff we got in the next couple labels involve Samuel, Samuel Hung, too, but... Um, this is like, it looks like kind of like an adventure kind of heisty kind of movie, uh, a Western. And um, it's going to have four versions of the film on two Blu-rays. So it's, it's, I didn't know there was going to be this many cuts. I've never heard, I mean, there's not a lot of movies with this many cuts of the same movie. I mean, unless you're talking about like, you know, <laughs> Dawn of the Dead, you know, has tons <laughs> of cuts. But um, uh, it's going to be in a 2K restoration. It's going to have a limited edition slipcover. Um, it's got reversible poster. Um, some original art, um, and it's you know, tons of damn uh, brand new um, commentaries. I'm not, it's a long list here, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But yeah, there's a lot here. Yeah, yeah there's a lot to talk about. So I'll, I'll let you guys look it up. But um, any anybody know about this film at all? No, no, no. no? All right, I, I not much, but. Uh... I just grabbed a stack. Actually, interesting. We're on video, so the podcasters <laughs> can't see it. But I just grabbed a stack of Eurekas uh -huh. that are all Asian films. They okay. had a, a sale with uh, like mostly kung fu films. So Iron Monkey, City Hunter, Fate of Lee Khan. Um, so they're really getting into Asian films and uh, and especially mar martial arts films. I don't know if this is a martial arts film, 
It could be. It probably has um, some elements, I would assume, yeah. yeah. Action of some yeah. sort. And the other one I grabbed is uh, uh, um, Second Sight Revenge. Oh, so yes. that's uh, what the brick looks like. Yes. Oh, nice. That's nice. Awesome. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, Eureka's been doing, you know, because we talked about it before. I've been getting all the Jackie Chan stuff um, from 88 Films, and Eureka's also put out a couple a couple releases of his, too. Um but, a few, I think. Yeah, yeah, they did. I think the police story, and um, they did the uh, um, project A and uh, Drunken Master, I think. Yeah, they did Drunken Master. They did um, Meals on Wheels on Meals or Meals on Wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think there might be a one or two other ones, but yeah, um, they've been getting a lot, a lot into Asian cinema. So, um, but the other release they have here is. Um, a film called Wild Search, um, and it's directed by Ringo Lam, um, which he's going to kind of kind of connect to our '88 films talk here in a second. But um, this stars uh, Chow Young Fat, and we know him. He's done a lot of a lot of great films in America too. Um, but this is from 1989, and it um, it's it's part kind of part of a sort of like an unofficial trilogy of sorts. Uh, with the the director, he also did a movie called Full Contact with Chow Young Fat and uh, City on Fire, uh, which I have a release of that. It's a really good crime film. Um, but uh, this didn't have much in the sense of special features here. It looks like just uh, a limited edition slipcover. Uh, has a 1080p presentation on Blu-ray, high definition transfer from original film elements, and we have a original Cantonese audio with uh, optional. Um, English subtitles and brand new feature length audio commentary by Asian film expert Frank DeJang um, from New York Asian Film Festival and um, archival interviews. And looks like it's limited to 2,000 copies. So, um, anybody seen in, anything about this film? Uh, the no, only no. thing I can see here is in the description that I'm reading it says it's a loose reimagining of Peter Weir's 1985 film Witness. Which Ooh, starred Harrison Ford, and I think it's the only time Harrison Ford's ever been nominated for an Oscar. So yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't read. I didn't read that far down. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, cool. Um, I don't know if there's any. Uh, I guess whatever their version of the Amish is uh, <laughs> is uh, is in this movie. I don't know. But, is it um, going to be a barn raising scene, uh, like well, in Witness? Who yeah, knows? Well, who knows. Um, but uh, I'll do like you, like you did in the last episode. It comes out the same year I was born, 1989. 1987. So, <laughs> I was born 1989, so it came out the year. <laughs> but, um, but that's it for Eureka. They got a couple there here I think that look interesting. And uh, now we're going to move on to uh, 88 Films, uh, which is, I think, an interesting company. They, um, they've been putting out, like I said, a lot of Jackie Chan, but um, they've also been putting out a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Um, and look, I know he's not the greatest, but I grew up with his films, um, <laughs> and they're not masterpieces. But I had a lot, I have a lot of fun with his stuff. Um, what about you guys, Aaron? Do you do you like some Jean Claude Van Damme? I like everything. Um, now I I don't know if I like if I'm Jean Claude Van Damme is not my go to film, but I could probably I'd watch it to make fun of it. But um, you mean you mean, but, I mean but I come on, but I your, appreciate it. You like Lionheart, right? You like the movie Lionheart, right? Come on, Bloodsport, uh, Bloodsport. 
Bloodsport, I, I remember, uh, but I, I don't think a lot of us have aged well. Um, I, I guess Cyborg, is that the one that they're coming well, out with? Yeah, that Cy- Cyborg, Thundome? yeah, that's one of them. And then the other one, In Hell, um, which is kind of like a prison film. Um, mm-hmm. kind of, to be honest, I've seen I've seen In Hell, and um, it's kind of, funny enough, it's kind of like Shawshank Redemption. It's like they try, Jean-Claude Van Damme's mm-hmm. trying to be a little bit more serious in this movie and not focus so much on his martial arts, and he's trying to be like, the tortured prisoner guy that you know is in prison for like something he i mean he he did do something bad but like it was for the right reasons and like it's it's kind of funny to watch but um you know i i just figured i'd bring him up because you know some people really like jean-claude van damme i mean uh so uh what about you andrew are you excited yeah i mean i mean i remember him growing i mean i went to the theater uh back in 1994 to see street fighter so Oh god, that's, that's such a that's bad kind of movie. my origin. That's such a bad movie. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Uh, that's Raul so bad. Ju- it's so good though. <laughs> sadly, yeah, sadly, it's Raul Julia's last film, I believe. Yeah. I always remember it for that. Um, he was given his all in that movie. He went full tilt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, Hard Target is, I believe, John Woo's first Hollywood film. Yeah, and that of course starred Jean Claude Van Damme. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. I don't think a lot of younger listeners will remember who Jean-Claude Van Damme is because his career really didn't last past the 90s <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for a lot of for yeah, a lot the, of people. In, in Hell is actually one of the, kind of the I, last gasps. I, I mean, I think he maybe still puts out some direct-to-video stuff. Yeah, he'll you know. always pop up in your DVD bargain bin somewhere. Yeah. I feel like they just throw all of his stuff in, in there. Yeah. Him and uh, Steven Seagal, I think, are in the yeah. cut, cut from the same cloth. Yeah. The thing is, I always believed that Jean Jean Claude Van Damme could like kick some yeah. serious butt, while as Steven Seagal, not so much. Not so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah. the connection, yeah, the connection I have uh, th- there was to them. Uh, Eureka releases is same guy that directed uh, in Hell. Uh, Ringo Lan did did uh, also did um, that um, other that Eureka uh, the Wild Search film. So, oh really? He, he did three cool. films with Van Damme too. So he did oh. Maximum Maximum Risk in Hell, and he did another one. I think I can't remember what it was, but um, so he he came across the the ocean to do some movies with Van Damme. I don't know why. I guess he thought that's kind of that's kind of interesting connection there. Yeah. I mean, going from Chow Yun Fat, you know, <laughs> one action star to another action star, and they're three films. He sticks to three films, and then he, mm-hmm. and he moves on. Um, <laughs> thing is, Van Damme was huge back then. Like he was, yeah. he was a major star, but then he it was a major flame out as well. I I just remember we couldn't get away from him for a while, but um, uh, but yeah, he he was fun. Yeah, I, I I every time I see like you know Die Hard or Die Hard Lionheart on TV, I, I kind of have to watch it a little bit. But um, or Legionnaire, Legionnaire's decent. I don't know, but. We'll move on from that, and we'll get into some serious stuff, guys. This is, I know. This, this is some serious high art we're moving we're, to. We're moving you can't to, switch gears more. Yeah. yeah. This, this is, the, this is about as far might. as you can go, yeah. Um, yeah, we're, sw- we're swinging far to the other side of the spectrum. So come with us for this ride. Um, we're moving on to, once again, Stephen and I's old friends slash frenemies, Kino Lorber. Um, look, uh, Aaron, might, Aaron, to, Aaron might not know this, but we have like a yeah. love-hate relationship. I mean, at least I do. I mean, Kino, I I love them because they literally put out something every day, and it's frustrating. <laughs> I can't keep up with yeah. them. Yeah, it's no, making I'm with me you. sweat. Yeah, 
Yeah, Stephen and I <laughs> talked last night. It's like, man, I hope nobody drops anything else today because we got everything all set up. No, of course, Kino just drops random stuff on the weekends too. And we're not talking um, about the, it all. We're not talking about it all. Yeah, yeah uh, they're the happening. only company <laughs> of all the major ones that I would say Stephen and I collect from who don't like announce slates. Like, mm. there's no like June, July slate. No, they're just, hey, this is coming out this today. Then this is coming out the next day. And just, <laughs> just different one every day. But these two here are worth mentioning because they're important. And we were talking about team-ups earlier. So this is this looks like a team-up between Kino Lorber and Studio Canal. And this is uh, and this is two really important films. It's the first two films by I I would say one of the all-time greats in my opinion in Jean Renoir, the all-time uh, French French director. These are his first two films and this goes all the way back to 1925 and 1926. The first film is Whirlpool of Fate, and the second one is Nana, uh, from nineteen uh, once from twenty five, once from twenty six, and these are the si- these are from the silent era. And I'm always excited to see silent movies get Blu-ray releases. That's always nice to see. Um, so in the day for for Whirlpool of Fate, uh, for special features, there's an audio commentary by film critic Nick Pinkerton, and then there's music composed and performed by Antonio Coppola, and then there's optional English subtitles. Um, and then for Nana, it's audio commentary by film critic Nick, Pick- Nick Pinkerton, before and after restoration comparison, and music composed and performed by Antonio Coppola. And what's kind of important about mentioning music composed is for a lot of the silent era, uh, the original soundtracks are gone. They just don't, they just don't exist. Um, because a lot of them back then were performed live, so they, they obviously didn't record them. So those are two really important, and there's no real details when it comes to restorations, but I assume that they new, have to be good. Looks like new 4K restorations. Oh, you see new 4K restorations? At least okay. for Whirlpool of Fate, I think. Yeah, it looks yeah. like, and, and a new 4K restoration for Nana okay. as well. Yeah, of course they didn't list that in the special features, but in the paragraph <laughs> describing yeah. the movie. Um, yeah, I've always been a fan of Jean Renoir. When I first started collecting... Uh, Criterion's Rules of the Game was one of the first ones I think I ever bought because on every single like must-have Criterion list, I think Rules of the Game is on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it just seems to be just seems to be that way. Um, and of course, uh, The Grand Illusion is another one of just an all-time I think masterpiece of a film. I was watch- I was wa- once watching an interview with or- Orson Welles where he said, you know, the greatest film of all time is grand illusion the grand illusion and the grand illusion um <laughs> he said or he said la grande illusion which is a french term because you know he was an intellectual um but yeah so i'm just super excited about this yeah what do you think aaron so i i think you know this Stephen, that i'm kind of a renoir scholar in a way mm-hmm. um so i've seen both these we we did a, oh, okay. a very extensive in fact i i have them in dvd from this really old slate um, actually, I'm sorry. I think Whirlpool of, of Whirlpool, I, I believe, is not on there. Um, and I, so they're kind of a mixed bag. His silent work, they're okay. Um, it's really when, like, 1931 um, with La Chienne is really when he found his um, his 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 voice. Uh, but they're good. They're okay. I think Nana dragged a little bit. Um, these were also these weren't great re- restorations, so maybe they would look better. But um, yeah, so I I think I. Appreciate those, but um, 
but it's interesting to see Kino though do a lot of more on Renoir because they also did La Marzolet, which was uh, 1938, um, and I think there might have been one more, um, a couple other key Renoirs that haven't come out yet, like Night of the, Night at the Crossroads. Um, uh, uh, there's also uh, the uh, um, Crime of Monsieur Lang. Those are sound uh, Renoirs. There's probably a few silent ones that haven't gotten proper releases other than that um, thing I have in the other room. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I would say if you're if you're a Renoir aficionado, I'd buy them. I wouldn't expect Grand Illusion. Um, these are yeah. he was just starting out. Too. Yeah, it, it's I I'm a completist, so I I would buy <laughs> I I'd buy them all. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, go for it, Andrew. You'll, you'll love it. Yeah, you'll you'll enjoy it. Nana, it's fine. All right. Well, we know Kino. The Kino puts out a lot. They, I think they do one of the great things they do do is put out a lot of great silent era stuff. Um, yeah. So that's I, I'm glad to see they they keep rolling that train along. So um, mm-hmm. awesome. Well, like we said, we're not sticking around with Kino. I'm sorry, Kino. I love you, but you guys <laughs> put out way list, too much. Um, and we, we can't we, list them all. Yeah, we got two big slates from two other labels to talk about. So we're gonna have to. Yeah, maybe, I remember. You know, talk. Yeah, about it just. Kino's exploding over the last few years, and yeah. and we love it though. We love it, but we also but can't for this keep podcast. I got, I'm gonna have to let you go. <laughs> I'm gonna have to let you go. I love you so much. I have to let you go. All right. So from there, we are gonna move on to two big slates we had over the last couple days that made it in at the last minute. We got Imprint, which is yes. a Australian label, and uh, they they do kind of like a bundle deal, um, kind of like Indicator does, where they make announce everything and then you know give you a chance to buy them all at once and you know for a little bit of a discount and, but they got a, a slate here full of i think what, five different titles one being a box set um and we'll start with their big hammer horror four gothic horror films from 1971 to 1972 set they got here um it includes films the countess uh, Dr- uh dracula from 1971 um, it has Hands of the Ripper from 1971, and we have Twins of Evil and Vampire Circus. These are all amazing, amazing titles. Um, and it looks like you got a lot of new special features from each of these. I mean, I don't think we really want to go through all of them, do we? Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there, yeah, there's a lot here. Um, I'll say this. There's also a documentary called Flesh and Blood, the Hammer Heritage of Horror Documentary, Yes, which is a nice little thing to add in there, too, because I'm always fascinated with the history of Hammer, of Hammer and specifically Hammer Horror. And I just love that we're just getting so much Hammer Horror on Blu-ray over the last few years. Uh, Aaron, you got anything to say about this, really? Yeah, so um, Hammer Horror, of course, Arrow. Um, I'm, there's a lot of great Hammer. Um, I haven't... I don't know that they've gotten all their um, their major horror releases though. So um, yeah, imprints new to me, and I haven't tried them yet. So I, I don't I don't really know how good they are. It looks like they're kind of trying to be the Australian indicator. Maybe? We we were literally saying that before this podcast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was like, dude, it's like their format, like the way they release their things with limited things, and then standard editions, and then um, even the the types of films they're putting out, like fl- film noir sets and hammer sets and it's like yeah i mean yeah they're, yeah, they're even numbered as yeah, well yeah i mean i mean numbering is not exactly a new thing but they are um what is what is yeah i i just fascinating with their their line of stuff but also they're they're really tougher to get than i would than 
than Indicator, at least for me. I've had trouble yeah. just finding their titles mm-hmm. availability, and pricing is is pretty expensive as well. I think well. that's the deciding factor. <laughs> yeah, like it, I, I'm assuming it's more expensive to import from Australia than it is to import from the UK. That yeah. seems to be mm-hmm. what I've noticed. Uh, I don't know it, because we're in pandemic COVID time if that's the reason or if that's just the way it's always been. But I never, I never remember it being this expensive to import stuff. But one uh, thing you guys, you yeah. guys might not know, I, I see the dead zone on, on the list, and yeah. uh, Shout Shout Factory actually announced that this week. Uh, so I, I don't know that you. Um... Yeah, we talked about that on our last episode. Oh, you did. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 we did. Yeah. The, we did their whole slate on episode on our previous episode. Great. Um, okay. And it's, pro- it's actually that's that's a good segue, pretty yeah, damn good yeah. segue, because I might as well <laughs> talk about their dead zone release, because this is another film which, it's getting like. Like different releases from different places. Dude, this is, and this, is this is gonna be Crash all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even worse than Crash because I was just looking up. Apparently, there's been Dead Zone releases in other countries for years now, uh, going all the way back to like 2016. Like it's like I don't know where, why it took so long for us to get it in Region A land, but now we're getting multiple releases. So and their Dead a, Zone I, release. I think I think there's rumors that Arrow might even be putting out a release possibly of this too which would make sense because they just did the same thing Mm -hmm. with crash so yeah yeah i mean if they there's plenty of cronenberg to go around i guess i guess but But yeah this this is you know the 1983 i believe film that is an adaptation of the stephen king novel which we did a whole episode on stephen king adaptations back in our cinema discovery project days so we talked a little bit about it i did my terrible christopher walken (laughs) <laughs> uh, breaking the ice moment, which I still think is the best line in the movie. Um, but this is getting a new 2K scan from original uh, negative. Um, I don't know what the comparison will be between this and the Shaw Factory release. Um, they don't, it does yeah, say, they don't. They don't have any details out yet. So yeah, yeah. usually Shaw waits until I guess mm-hmm. they get all their ducks in a row. Uh, but this they, this one came right out of the gate with um, look past the future, filming the dead zone, all new interview with cinematographer Mark Irwin. Uh, this is from 2021. They must have just done this. Uh, from Coma to Coda, scoring the Dead Zone. Um, Dino in the Dark, adapting the King of Horror, you know, Stephen King. Documentary about featuring interviews with a bunch of people who di- who directed or worked on a lot of the other adaptations. Uh, visual essay on the Dead Zone by film critic uh, Lee Gambin from 2021. And then there's like some archival feature features like... Audio commentary by film critic Stephen Jones and Kim Newman. Uh, Memories from Dead Zone 2006 featurette. The Look of the Dead Zone 2006 featurette. Visions and Horror from the Dead Zone featurette. The Politics of the Dead Zone. <laughs> you guessed it, 2006 featurette. Uh, 1983 vintage interview with David Cronenberg, Deborah Hill, and Martin Sheen. And 2018 interview with Stephen King himself. Um, so, And this is imprint number 60, so they've been moving along when it comes to their releases. Um yeah, I don't know which version I'm gonna get. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put them together. Shout. Did it's, you already? Pre- yeah, I did too. Yeah. I, yeah, it's such a good movie. Have you guys seen it before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. Cronenberg yeah. is one of the directors I've. I it's he's he's like my Mount Rushmore. Um, so mm-hmm. I I I the only movie of his I don't think I have seen is M Butterfly. Um, or Spider. Or Spider. Or Spider. Or Spider's good. Is Spider good? Spider's really. Good. I yeah. think that'll come out someday. It needs to because it looks great and it's got you know it's got a great actor in it. I mean, come on, get that thing out there. 
Fines is amazing and Spider. Yeah, let's, let's get Spider out. Come yeah. on. Let's yeah. put, it out in the, put it out in the wor- <laughs> world now and you know, let's get five releases of it out there. <laughs> I know. Um, I have an old DVD release of that that I've just, I just randomly bought because it's a Cronenberg on it. Mm-hmm. And this was going back like years ago. Yeah, I can go uh, on good, eBay good right buy now. I, I can go on eBay and buy it right now for like five bucks. But I'm like, do I really need it? I don't know. I don't buy DVDs anymore. I just don't. <laughs> so I just I'll wait. But, just um, wait. But I, I did I did pre-order this Shout Factory. But I, I'm looking at this, man, and I need to see what their special features are so I can make a real decision. And if Arrow next month is like, <laughs> we're putting out Dead Zone in August, yeah. I'm going to be like, God. Ah, <laughs> I get, well. That's why you do Amazon so you can cancel them. Well, you can ca- I think you can cancel on, you can cancel on Shout, can't you? As long, yeah, as, okay. it ha- as, long as it hasn't went th- processed through yet, you, you're good. Um, mm. But, um, all right. Well, uh, we got a few more yeah, of their releases. They have, a, they have another box set. It's called Silver Screams cinema collection which is kind of a great title yeah i like that um and this yeah this looks like it has one two three four five six movies Mm. uh six movies on three discs um so two movies per disc and yeah it's called the phantom the phantom speaks Uh, these movies range from 1945 through i think 1952 maybe looks 57. 57, I was close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was close. So it has The Phantom Speaks, The Vampire's Ghost, uh, Return of the Ape Man, ah. uh, Valley of the Zombies, uh, She-Devil, uh, The Unknown Terror is the final one. Well, you know how I feel about this stuff, man. I'll, if it didn't cost so much, I probably would scoop this up really fast because I like all these, like, you know, kind of BC movie, horror movies and um, you know, that's why I love the indicator stuff because it's a lot of its discoveries for me. So I like, you know, just grabbing that stuff and going through it. And, you know, just like indicator, they do have a lot of new special features here. It looks like mostly commentaries. Um, but you know, I like getting the perspective of movies like this from people, film people, um, not just all the like, you know, really nice, really good films, but some of these yeah. like cheesy movies. Um, well, well, you know me. I always like, you know, I like, I love that era of cinema in yeah. general, and I love. I'm really becoming a big fan of that era of horror. I just really love how everyone was just jumping on the horror game after the Universal monster movies from the 30s, and then everyone was like, "Oh, we got to cash in." And it looks like these are back catalog titles from Paramount of okay. all people. Hmm. Um, like I like I've said a million times, Paramount's woken up out of their. Uh, you know, release comb and decided to put out their catalog now. Uh, it also looks like this is limited to 2,000 copies. Um, and it has three spy numbers, actually, 54, 55, and 56. So that's kind of interesting. I guess because each each package is a different I, number. I, I mean, they're doing two spy numbers for one movie? or <laughs> for two I, movies, I for One spy number two, for two movies? or you know? Yeah, that's kind of uh, weird. Maybe it's by disc. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, by disc, yeah. Uh, anything on this, Aaron? No, not yeah. so much. Uh, it kind of feels like what Arrow did with American Horror Project. Yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. Get a few and throw them in a box. They, f- um, they, f- they found which... something somewhere and they were like, you know what? Let's just put mm-hmm. this out. And, you know, <laughs> cool packaging. <laughs> you know, let's see if it'll we'll catch some. I mean, two thousand limited. I, I think this is going to be out. You know, I don't think you're going to have to worry about mm-hmm. this selling out really quick um, because of the price for this thing. 
Um, <laughs> cause these box sets are a little pricey, especially for us in America. But, um, like the other, the other set was like 120 bucks. Um, wow. Yeah. And this one's like 80 bucks, but that's still you, too expensive. <laughs> that's, yeah. But that's if you live in, you know, Australia. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. plus, plus shipping. At, yeah. So. so the shipping's like $25 or whatever it is. But, um, but you know, I'm still interested in these releases, um, and I'm glad that they they're putting the stuff out. So, but it looks like we got one of their other single releases is kind of another uh, looks like a little bit from 1971, The Brotherhood of Satan. That's um, a title. That's a title right there. Um, <laughs> it's a quick 92 minutes, so you know it's going to be worth watching. Um, but um, yeah, I I I I didn't do much research. I, I I looked this up on IMDb, and somebody said that this was actually worth buying. A lot of people actually said it was worth buying. But it's got a new two two K restoration, a couple new commentaries, um, limited to two thousand copies. Um, anybody want to look into the Brotherhood of Satan? Um, mm. No, yes, it's from that. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just I'm just reading the synopsis of it. Looks interesting. Looks like that kind of seventies. Like, like, culty type horror stuff. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Mo- moving right along from there, <laughs> and moving on to, I guess, I mean, there's a, obviously everyone can figure out that there is a theme going on here. Um, next movie is Haunted from 1995, and then last one is The Awakening from 1980. Um, for for a second, when I first saw this, I thought it was uh. That movie Awakenings with from, from Robin, Robin Williams yeah. and uh, Robert De Niro. It's like, when's that going to get a, re- a reissue on Blu-ray? That'd be nice. Um, but Haunted looks like uh, a romantic ghost story starring Aidan Quinn and Kate Beckinsale. Interesting. Mm. Um, it, it does have uh, 1080p high-definition presentation, new audio commentary by Kim Newman and, Kim Newman and Stephen Jones, Seeing Things, film, Filming Haunted, Interview with Cinematographer Tony Pierce Roberts, Feeling Things, act, uh, Acting Haunted, Interview with Alex Lowe, Hearing Things, Scoring Haunted, Interview with Composer Debbie Wiseman. And then there's Vintage Making of, and then a Photo Gallery, which they're still putting on things, and Theatrical Trailer. Um, that's that's interesting. Um, kind of 90s. Kind of, it's interesting how like their slate was like, like, very broad in the release ca- in the releases, um, mm-hmm. but then the Awakening stars Charlton Heston, and this is getting a new two K scan from the original negative, a new audio commentary with film critics Kim Newman and Stephen Jones, uh, reincarnate adapting the Jewel of the Seven Stars interview with author slash historian Richard Heft, and then another new one here the Nameless One scoring the Awakening interview with orchestrator Nancy Beach. And looks yeah, like, that looks, looks like the rest of their sl- that's their slate. Looks like the film's uh, based on a Bram Stoker novel. Ah, uh, yes, it is. Yeah, the Jewel of the Seven Stars. Hmm. Anything? I, I've I've never even heard of this one. I like the I, cover though. Yeah, I've seen The Awakening, and I don't remember it being very good. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, oh, it, it was on, a, a while ago. Haunted. I wasn't I wasn't shooting for the stars <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all uh, gems, but uh, yeah. No, it sounds like these are kind of obscure Hollywood films. Um, yeah. So, which is kind of you know I, I like that about uh, you know Indicator and sometimes Arrow. Looks like Imprint is just kind of following along. Um, yeah. All right. Well, 
now we're speaking, down to yeah, we're down to the last. Speaking of Arrow, yeah, yeah, this is they big. dropped a, their July re- release slate, and Stephen, it was a pretty big one. Mm. It, you could say that. I mean, it, I mean, it was all right. So, <laughs> <laughs> got a couple box sets, couple kind of reissues. Um, yeah, it's big. Um, so, I guess the first one we'll talk about here is um, looks like they're going back to the kind of the Japanese monster, you know, movie type of uh, set here. You know, they put out that um, that big um, Gamera set. Um, we don't speak of that. Oh, because you didn't get it? Because I didn't get it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's, it's yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. It's one of my well, you, biggest you can still get it. regrets. It's in two, two parts now. It's I know. worth it. What is interesting is I I associated Gamera with Mystery Science Theater, <laughs> and so when I, when it came out, I was like, "Oh no!" Like I didn't I didn't think it was going to sold out. That thing sold out very quickly, mm-hmm. <laughs> very yeah. quickly. Uh, and it's one of it's one of those ones that get that got away. Well, um, oh that wow that's that's going to be our next episode. Oh, uh, I know. Oh man, teaser for our next episode. Where, we're going yeah, to talk out. about movies that got releases that got away. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, with a friend of yours, uh, Jonathan James is coming on the next episode. Um, nice. Yeah, so he's going we're going to talk about that, but um yeah, so they they're going back to to more of these that's that kind of movie. It's the Jim Diagen. Kaiju. Diagen. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Yeah. Is that right? Diamagen? I'm not sure. The Diamagen trilogy. Um and it looks like you're going to get high definition presentations of all three films. Um they got Japanese and dubbed english which i don't really do i don't listen to that anyway um they got some reversible sleeves they got some postcards um you got brand new auto i mean we don't have to go through all this but um right there's it is a two three disc set so each film does get its own disc which i think is important to mention uh no no compression issues or anything like that uh just some introductions by kim newman um very interesting set. I know nothing about it, but I love Japanese cinema, have so you, I'm have intrigued. You any, have you guys seen any of these movies? No, but one thing I've learned about these kaiju films, so as it happens, I actually have a, a kaiju episode that I did with Dave Eves that I'm editing over the weekend, oh, and okay. that's coming out soon. So we did a deep dive into um, into these types of films. I, th- I think this one, I don't know if it's really big monsters or big robots, but man, I just eat this stuff up. Yeah, love this stuff. And, and as a matter of fact, I, I told you, Stephen, I was watching MST3K. I watched Gamera today, oh, <laughs> MST3K, which nice. is like the best of both worlds. So, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just uh, I'm just drinking this stuff up. So yeah, I I actually decided to try to watch. I watched the first uh, Damajin film, um, just oh, yeah. so I could I could get an idea what what it was like, and and it kind of reminds me of kind of ha- I guess you could kind of say how the first. Um, Godzilla film is where it's not mm-hmm. so much about the monster stuff as it is more about like the serious message as you know and then like as it goes on I'm sure like the next two Damajin films are probably a little bit more like heavy on the action but this actually has a lot more um, hmm. serious stuff in it like the first film did about like you know kind of like the hierarchies taking over the small villages and basically this sto- big stone um statue uh is set there to protect them it's it, you know when it when the small village is taken over it's it's a very it's very it was a little bit more serious than i thought it would be I, it was not as cheesy as i thought it would be but 
it's it's pretty decent. I I I enjoyed it. Um, but this packaging is fantastic. Um, the artwork is pops. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but one day it'll end up being a a, a guy in a suit uh, trampling on miniatures, <laughs> probably. That's if, I'm just guessing. I don't know. It's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right. Well, that that's a cool big release there, and then they had another um. Uh, set of movies coming out too called Vengeance Trails. Vengeance Trails. And um, it's four classic westerns um, from four different directors, it looks like. Um, let's see. We got uh, Lu- uh, Lucio, Lucio Fulci. Or is, is that how you say it? I'm yeah, not... Lucio Fulci. Fulci, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a legend. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Um, he, it's one of Franco Nero's films from 1966, mm-hmm. Massacre Time, which is a great you know, name. Um, Andrew, you're better with these names. You go ahead. Yeah, and, and then yeah. we have, <laughs> these, these all look like, um, spaghetti westerns. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then, so it's more, Maurizio Lucides, uh, My Name is Pecos, and Massimo Dalamano's, uh, Bandidos. And then finally is Antonio Margariti, Margaritis, no, Margaritis, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and God Said to Cain. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's a four, it looks like a four-disc set. Uh, each film is on its own um, disc, and it looks like they're all getting all new 2K restorations of all four films from the original 35mm uh, camera negatives. Um, yeah, it looks like and it says, with Massacre Time, My Name is Pecos, and Medito's newly restored by Arrow Films for this release. And not not a lot in the way of special features. Um, for Massacre Time, it's like an alternate U.S. dub. There's a new commentary. There are two new commentaries and a new video interview. Uh, the other one has a new commentary, a new interview, two new interviews with looks like uh, people or actors. Actors and actress, new documentary, and it looks like new commentary, new interview, new interview, and another new interview, <laughs> and then new commentary, new documentary, and then new interview. Um, coming out in July. Um, very interesting. I lo- I I I love spaghetti we- sp- spaghetti westerns. So I didn't know Lucio Fulci did a spaghetti western. I always associate him with the mm-hmm. uh, giallo horror. And just horror in general, um, so that's fascinating to me, in and of itself. Yeah. Anything on this, Aaron? Any, have you seen any of these movies? I haven't. I, I I'm with um, Andrew. I love sp- spaghetti westerns. This one's a little more expensive, yeah. so um, I guess that, that's you know four films versus three. Yeah. I probably will pass on this one uh, unless I hear you know something special about these, uh, but. Um, but yeah, I, I like they're getting into this, and I think it's worth mentioning, especially with these first two, and then with a couple of the other ones that we'll be talking about. Is you know they merged their Arrow and Arrow Academy, and I'm, I'm yes. looking at the list and trying to think of which of these would be under Arrow Academy. I think I, I see one, but uh, yeah. but definitely not the the first two we talked about. And Although maybe Dimension, maybe uh, based on what you were sharing, Stephen. Yeah, I mean it, it maybe the it's probably still still a definitely an arrow video release because it is kind of like a japanese you know kaiju-y kind of movie but yeah i mean the the interesting thing is is it, even with this set of westerns um you have stuff like the santani 
films, the Santana films that are like, I think Arrow releases, that are like corny spaghetti westerns. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they've done this kind of stuff before, but um, yeah, these are from maybe a little bit more acclaimed directors. So um, I think I already pre-ordered this, so I'm going to check it out. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah, I already pre-ordered it. You, you know, I have nice. a, comp- I have a compul- I, mean, I have a compulsion problem. Um, you do indeed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to? You know, I guess. Yeah. Let's do you want to go to uh, Cat and Nine Tails? Why not? Sure. Yeah, Cat and Nine Tails is getting a UHD 4K re-release. Uh, this had already been released a few years ago in their limited edition form, um, but it's getting a. You know, similar to uh, the Bird with Crystal Plumage, which they announced previously in their last slate, we're now getting the Cat of Nine Tails. Um, you know, I was talking to Steven the other day. It's like, I mean, I wish I would have known this when I bought <laughs> Cat of Nine Tails a few years ago in 2018, which doesn't feel like that long ago. But yeah, this is uh, by Dario Argento. It looks like it looks like they'll probably re-release all the stuff they've already released from him in new UHD forms. So you are getting a new 4K restoration from the original camera negative by Arrow Films. Um, you're getting audio commentary by film critics Alan Jones and Kim Newman, Nine Lives, an interview with co-director slash, uh, no, co-writer slash director Dario Argento, the writer of Many Tales, an interview with co-writer Dadania uh, Sacchetti, uh, Giallo in Turin, an interview with production manager Angelo Iacono, uh, script pages for the lost original ending translated into English for the first time. Original Italian, international, and U.S. theatrical trailers. Illustrated collector's book featuring an original essay on the film by Dario Argento. And writing by Barry Far- Farshaw, Troy Haworth, and Howard Hughes. Uh, fold-out double-sided poster featuring original and newly commissioned artwork by Obviously Creative. And six double-sided postcard-sized lobby card uh, reproduction art cards. For those of you who, you know, collect the Arrow limited editions, this this is right on course for all of those, including posters and art cards and everything. Um, yeah, I definitely will be upgrading like a like another poor sap out there. <laughs> um, I was lucky though because I I never was able to get the bird with the crystal plumage, so I'm I'm able to like that's another one that got away that I'm able to you know avenge, yeah, avenge. avenge like collection avenge. You, uh... um, but yeah. Yeah, Aaron, um, you 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 into the Argento? I am all into the Argento, but nice. I'm actually lucky in this case. I I, I got a crystal a bird with a crystal plumage plumage <laughs> the first uh, time out. I did not. I missed out on Cat of Nine Tails, and I think it went out of print. So I'm I'm actually as as you're talking, I'm I'm ordering here with my iPad. Ah nice. man, so that's what we that's what we want. You know, we want pieces. Nice. Yeah, so it's show. the reverse reverse <laughs> problem I had. The, but the question, basically. yeah, the question is though: Do you go original artwork or do you go the new artwork? Yeah, are they going to pull what they pulled <laughs> with the bird with the crystal plumage? Where well, they I mean, they, they're, both, they're both available per, for pre order. Like if you go through, um, you know, Diabolic, which is where I go through a lot, um, they have the original artwork for pre order there. Um, I I went ahead and ordered that one, um, because it is the more limited one, but that's just how my mind works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do still kind of want the other one. <laughs> you talking about? Yeah, get them all. <laughs> I'm getting get them all, and and then maybe one day I'll sell it's them. Like Pokemon, you know. Yeah. I, can, I won't Pokemon. sell. I won't oversell for them. I'll, I'll make sure people get them for a good price. Now, I'm, yeah, I'm not one of the masters. No, but you, 
Are you talking about Bird with the Crystal Plumage, or are you talking about Cat of Nine Tails? Well, both of them. But Cat of Nine Tails has got an original art release too. They do. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't it's, only through, it's only through select um, retailers. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, okay. They, Diabolic, I think maybe Zavi's putting it out too, possibly. Yeah, it's a good thing they didn't do what they did with the Bird with the Crystal Plumage, where it was announced one, and then a week later, say like, "Oh yeah, we're coming out with this one too." Yeah, because everybody pre-ordered the other one. They were like, people oh, got no, we have really an original upset. art now. And, yeah, and then everybody got pissed off. They're like, can we change our order? You know? Yeah, and for some of those sites, you can't you can't cancel. Because I know Diabolic, I don't think you can cancel your order, your pre-order. Not a pre-order, no. Yeah. No, so it's like, I guess yeah, they'd have to change it on you. But yeah, I, I want to get all the Argento stuff I can. And I missed out on a couple of other ones, like Deep Red I never got. Mm. Um that's so hopefully one. they'll release they'll re-release that. Yeah, um, I got I got that one. That's the only one I got the limited edition of. I got the other. I did get the other two on standard editions, but I'm gonna upgrade them. So, but um, cool. Anything else on Argento? We get you know, we're gonna keep getting Argento. You think 4K red a uh, deep red 4K anything else? Seems like this that's the direction they're going. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, the other the next one here. You know, this is kind of this was the. To me, the big surprise was this release was um, Tony Scott's True Romance getting a 4K. And it isn't just, you know, one release of it. They're, they're putting it out in different forms. They got, yeah. Yeah, they got the Steel Book coming out in the US. They got um, like a regular Blu ray coming out in the US with a rigid, you know, hardback. And then they got two, like a different version coming out in the UK that's um, a Blu ray with different artwork blu-ray and a 4k so which one are you guys going to get I'm, i already got the uk 4k one coming coming to me so same yeah that's the one i, I just, as of two minutes ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm horribly indecisive so i don't know yeah you'll wait to the last minute and then it'll be i'll out, wait to the last minute and then you'll be crying about it on an episode like i was i was telling steven to talk about you know bird with the crystal plumage i was trying to still trying to find that original art um work release one and forgot that it was limited to 1500 so that thing is long gone, gone. Mm-hmm. long long gone um yeah i mean i when i saw this announcement i was super super excited because i have that that us blu-ray edition that came out years ago which i keep forgetting that i have i have it somewhere and but this is going to be a massive upgrade yeah, just it's... a complete massive upgrade like you said there's multiple options yeah, in terms of um, which one do you want to get? Yeah, it's got a new 4K restoration for both the theatrical and director's cuts from the original camera negatives by Arrow Film. Um, it's a limited edition packaging with reversible sleeve. Um, we got a 60-page per, uh, perfect bound collector's booklet. Um, and we got double-sided poster. We got six double-sided postcards. Um, we have tons of audio commentaries. We got... Tony yeah. Scott, Tony Scott, Quentin Tarantino. We got one with Kristen Slater and Patricia Arquette. We got one from critic Tim Lucas, um, and then we got selected scene commentaries uh, with star Sal Ru- uh, Rubinick. Um, we got ones with Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Brad Pitt, uh, Michael Rapaport. I mean, it's and then new interviews stacked. is stacked. It's yeah, tons of stuff. Bunch of new interviews. Even yeah, the booklet, like you said, I think you said sixty page booklet. Yeah. Um, even has I'm reading here, the sixty page booklet has 
Edgar Wright's 2012 eulogy for Tony Scott, who wow. tragically, wow. you know, passed away. Uh, I remember when that, that was breaking news. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Scott, I've always found to be a very underrated director. Everyone seems to, you know, gravitate towards Ridley Scott a lot. Uh, but I think there's been a lot of championing, championing of Tony Scott's work since his since his passing, which which is really uh, nice. He did that movie. Uh, what is it? The Hunger. Yes, yeah, the vampire. I think that was yeah. his first film. And he did uh, Man on Fire. Is really good. Oh, I love Man. Of, yeah, I love that. I love. I love a lot. I mean, some of them are, are a little bit more style over substance, but I mean, they, they're mm-hmm. they're still fun movies. I mean, I really like a lot of his Denzel stuff. Um, yeah, he always had a distinct look to his movies. Very kinetic. Like De- De- Deja Vu was yeah. very interesting. He did oh, work okay. with um, Denzel, Denzel a lot. Yeah. Well, well Stephen, yeah. you love Crimson Tide. Of course, it's like my so favorite. So that was Tony Scott. One of my favorite yeah. movies. I mean, and how, how can you forget Top Gun, too? Well, I mean, yeah. you can... Highway to the Danger Zone. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm one of the Dying ones that the doesn't like... Zone. I don't like that movie that much. Um, I'm, I'm one what of the crazy is, ones. What is interesting is I believe he was working on the sequel, or Probably. there was rumors of him working on the sequel before he passed. Um, but we're still getting a sequel eventually, I guess. Who yeah, knows? it's supposed to come out. They keep pushing it. I don't know. <laughs> they keep it's pushing out. it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I True can't wait for this release. Yeah. It's a great movie. I love this movie. Um, yeah, I, I saw it when it came out, mm-hmm. and I um, and I remember loving it. You know, that was that was in that post Tarantino. You know, everything Tarantino did was gold, and I still think great things about him. But you know, I don't that early work. I don't like as much as some of like the mid mid career, like Jackie Brown now and Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Um, even I like uh, the the last the last one he did the um, the Manson one. Uh, Hollywood uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Once Upon a Time. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I, phenomenal. Of course, he he wrote this. He didn't direct yeah. this, but mm-hmm. um, but I, I I remember loving it at the time, and I'll see as a grown up if I feel the same way. <laughs> Do you think <laughs> but, it, you, uh, you think yeah. this is the best of like the movies he did that he did like he wrote that he didn't direct? You know, like um, you know, like I'm between think of... Dusk Till Dawn and. Oh yeah. Well, this is way better than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What didn't he do? Uh, no, when there another nothing film? against that? Yeah. Wasn't um, there another one he did that he wrote? Oh, um, um, what's the one with uh, Woody Harrelson? Um, oh, not Natural oh, Born Killers. Yeah. Right? Which he he says they changed Oliver too much. Stone. Of, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I'd say this is the best of the movies he didn't direct that he wrote. Um, but um, awesome. Yeah. I mean, some people are having troubles with I, I, this artwork. I. I I think it's a little cartoony, but it's I still kind of like it. It's it's definitely eye catching. Um, but all right, uh, we had what maybe one more release. From yeah, it was, uh, threshold. Yeah, threshold is one I'm definitely not familiar with. Um, <laughs> no, same here. Nope, uh, no, got nothing. Well, we'll skip that one. Um, they also uh, did do a reissues of their um, the the demon films, demons one and two came out in like a, a set and then i guess it was so popular it, it sold out and now they're putting out single releases of each of them so that was another part of the announcement but um that's it that's it for all the announcements um i'm sweating are you guys sweating i'm a little it's about an hour of announcement talk um, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's kind of what we thought it was going to be yeah um yeah good, good month yeah yeah <laughs> um i'm i'm broke um <laughs> but um all right, well, now we're going to get into our latter half of the episode where we typically, you know, like to come up with some kind of fun, you know, experiment of like a list or some kind of topic that we can discuss. And this time, 
we decided to do something kind of fun. I, I, we wanted for our first guest to do something kind of uh, creative and, and, you know, something we could put some thought into. I didn't get a chance to do as much thought as I'd like. I was very busy. I know, Aaron, you were saying you were very busy this week. Um, but I think, I think we're going to get some fun, uh, some fun stuff here. But what we decided to do was um, all of us are going to create – we decided to create our own fake uh, boutique label. Um, so we got a name for the label, and then with that, we all chose um, five titles or four titles, and then the fifth title is like a box set, uh, so like a, and a fantasy box set of, of some kind. And we tried to stick. I told everybody to try to stick to like movies that are in their collections, um, you know, so that you know it just makes it more about you know because this is a collecting podcast, so it isn't just you know some random thing out there, um, but. Um, so we did that, and um, I'm interested to see what you guys got. I mean, I, I I'll be honest with you, I went I went for the the jugular. I went a, a lot of like just really good movies. Um, <laughs> I wanted I would I would have loved to go more obscure, but I went more on the heavy side. So, but we're gonna start with our guest. Guest is gonna go first. Uh, we want to hear what your your label name is. I'm I'm very curious. So so it's, you're right. I was I did have a busy week. But I really uh, enjoyed this project, okay. cool. and you know, this is kind of the, the thing I just chewed on all week, uh, thinking of ideas. And um, I'm, I'm I'm bad with names though, so um, <laughs> so so my my film label is AA Ron's Explorations. That's um, good. I like that. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Well, if, if you know me, I have to go AA Ron. Um, and and it, frankly, anybody named Aaron should as well. So what I was trying to figure out is I, I wanted to find films. Uh, I wanted to create a label that would look at films that either the studios or the audiences just didn't get when they were released. You know, either they were tampered with or they, um, you know, like for one, I didn't put this on, on the, the, the list, but for example, Citizen Kane, even though, sure, it was it won an Oscar, but, you know, time proved it. It, it proved itself over time and people um, uh, fell in love with it and, and, and saw its quality. Um, a lot of these didn't do well, well at the box office, so um, so yeah, that's that's what I came up with. So how, how do I do this? Should I just list yeah, just, the titles? Yeah, just, yeah, go, just go one by one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I started with uh, Days and Confused. Awesome. Uh, bec- and you really can't top the Criterion edition, but, uh, but but I also just recently read the All Right, All Right, All Right oral history, and really interesting how that movie was just... It just tanked in the in the box office, and how it became you know grew grew uh, its fan base year year over year, and now it's a it's a cult classic. Are they are they it, are you going to include on your your version of Days and Confused like uh, um, Matthew McConaughey reading that book on there? Can you guys include that as a special? <laughs> if, I can get, if I can get the rights, I'm I'm, I'm working on it. I okay, mean cool. Matthew McConaughey might, might be running for governor. He might be tougher to get right <laughs> now. So, but um, if, if if the stars align, yeah, Matthew, right, you're cool. welcome on on this uh, this release. But uh, now, I, I, one thing I, w- I was thinking about with this is I want to know why. why why did the studios not think Days and Confused would, would be a good movie when like 30 years ago American Graffiti was basically the same thing. Yeah, you know that that nostalgia and that was a, a blockbuster. So it, that's interesting. And then the second movie I chose was Night Moves by Arthur Penn. Uh, that's a kind of a neo noir right around the time of Chinatown. One of my favorite movies, uh, Gene Hackman, one of my favorite performances, uh, and it it was a dud. And yeah. and it's it's gained in a, in esteem a little bit, but I think it it could. So that's why I want to make this label. So I'm, I want to say that these are the movies I'm curating. More people should watch. Uh, yeah. It has a Warner Archive release that's okay. Uh, not many extras, but um, could use a, you know 
uh, that kind of boutique treatment. Yeah, we so. you need to get some interviews. Maybe Gene Hack, you can get Gene Hackman to do a, a commentary because I mean he's getting up there. He's like ninety years old now. He yeah, uh, yeah I got to act fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so the next one, one thing is it's hard to know about international films. I want to include more, but uh, I just don't know how they perform over there. So I, I went with a, a Italian filmmaker, an American release. Zabriskie Point by Michelangelo uh, Antonioni, which was super hippie drippy and had amateur actors, and it was a, a disaster in in the states. The studio hated it. The fans hated it. Made fun of it. Um, actually, Orson Welles made fun of it. With uh, <laughs> the the other side of the wind was basically um, uh, uh, um, making dunking dunking on Zabriskie Point, but it's really a gorgeous film, and uh, and. It, it, Antonio is not great with actors. It's a little wooden, but he just gets phenomenal, beautiful shots. And if you've seen it, the, the very last shot is uh, just groundbreaking. And then my fourth uh, and final single edition is Heaven's Gate, which ah. is um, mm. one of the most uh, you know troubled productions in the history of time. I don't know if this is this might have been more the the uh, the auteur, you know, just kind of. You know, he he wrote a check that uh, the studio just wouldn't cash for him. Yeah. Um. So, but but he did have artistic vision, and they just weren't you know gonna go along with the uh, the 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 funding to to make that happen. And frankly, commercially, it was never going to be um, uh, worth their investment. We, so, yeah, we have a funny st- like I keep ch- I've tried to convince Andrew to buy this movie. For didn't didn't I heavens the western heaven that's what it's the western right yeah heaven yeah game. well I yeah, I had yeah. hesitated buying it for years yeah. just I don't know just out of just it, for the heck of it not that I have anything against no, it no, no, I know you don't, but, yeah. but I just was too busy buying other stuff and then I finally <laughs> bought it still haven't watched it yet because it is a like it's three long. hour movie <laughs> yeah I was I told him I was like I watched it and I was like man you know it's way better than. Then yeah. I, yeah, oh, I, I have like, no, I have no it's doubt. It's really good, yeah. really good. I'm like, I dude, love the Dare Hunter. So it's not perfect though, because you know he didn't get to realize his vision. But you can see in that movie that uh, that yeah, he he was making a masterpiece. Yeah, it's no, yeah. it's notorious for kind of killing that whole era yeah. of yeah. New Hollywood. Yeah. So that's what that's what I want to talk about on awesome. my label. And the last one, I I wanted to go a little left turn, so I did go foreign. Um, so my box set is the complete Satoshi Kon. Uh, so he's a Japanese anime, anime, animator, uh, filmmaker who, you know, pra- uh, tragically passed uh, to pancreatic cancer uh, in the midst of his career. Actually, in the midst of making uh, a film, and nobody's been talented enough to actually resume. So it's that project is done. So he has four features, and he has some TV. So I figured I'd just keep his features, and that's that's what's tough. I think he didn't. You know, he he, he was cr- critically acclaimed for all his movies, and they're they're kind of the, that art, um, you know, um, art anime sort of in the in the direction of Miyazaki, but a little more artistic. I don't know if you guys have seen them. I'm not, um, I don't, I'm not sure if I have. Okay, so that's why I made this label for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely buying this set. You know me, Andrew. More, I'm buy sets. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to look so, up is it Satoshi Kon, right? Yeah, there's perfect, perfect uh, blue. I've seen uh, perfect blue, and I've seen paprika. So okay, yes, and I know. Millennium Actress about. and Tokyo Godfathers are the are the four big ones. So um, yeah, really, really important work. Didn't really. I, I think they, you know, they re- came out in art house theaters and made, made under a million in America. I don't know what how they did overseas, but um, aside, but they have grown in esteem, and there's um, there's a lot of a uh, lot of love for them. So that's that's Aaron's ex. Uh, sorry. 
Aaron's <laughs> explorations. I, I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely getting your days and confuses. It, it has to have the Matthew McConaughey thing. I'm, you're gonna need to work hard to get that done. But um, I'm definitely getting the set because I'm interested in that. Um, so awesome. Um, are your prices? Are you you're a U.S. based company? Um, <laughs> we're U.S. based, but you know, if we're if we're going to, of course. But if, if we're gonna get McConaughey, our prices are gonna be pretty steep it's because probably, I, I need it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that won't be yeah. easy. Yeah, but um, do you guys do spine numbers? You do uh, limited editions, like limited runs. Uh, I, no, I think we would just pr- you know produce based on demand. Um, okay, you know we'd come out with maybe say, uh, I would think these these would sell. So maybe print two thousand and plan to reprint. But, okay, um, so you kind of yeah, you kind of go criterion route, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Awesome. I don't like limited editions. I think yeah, just let let people have their stuff and keep. You know, keep it alive keep, as long as possible. You don't want to miss out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. All right, Andrew, I'm gonna let you go for it, man. Okay. Do I'm it. I'm gonna. I'll go second. Um. <laughs> so my company is. I. I was when I was coming up with the concept. I don't know. I was. I was thinking of. You know, should I just do something where it's going to just be my own personal favorite releases, or something like that? I decided to go, kind of with a concept company, a very focused company. And it's going to be called RKO Video uh, because it's going to be based off of the old RKO pictures, RKO radio pictures. And essentially this company is just going to be concentrated on releasing their catalog of titles. And I don't know, the reason why I decided to do that is actually I, I saw a tweet the other day where somebody was commenting on the old Universal logo, the one where the plane flies around um, the the Earth and you know they've reformatted, reformatted that over the years, but then someone, someone had tweeted in that tweet, uh, you know, subtweeted like, yeah, I, I, you know, nothing sounds better than like that radio tower like dial beeping sound from the old RKO uh, opening opening credits or opening logo. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. There's nothing really unique like that. So I was like, you know what? I'll go. I'll, I'll that's what I'll base my company on. So RKO Video. It's going to be uh, putting out movies that uh, predominantly were produced by RKO, maybe not so much distributed by them, uh, because RKO, and Stephen, you're going to have to reel me in here, uh, Mm. because I'm about to go off. Um, (laughs) RKO is a long-dead studio that basically was had its heyday back in the 30s and 40s, and then basically, you know, kind of dissipated in the late 50s, went bankrupt. I mean, all of their back catalog of movies have changed ownership over several decades. Basically, Warner Brothers owns most of their back catalog, I think. Uh, so that's why some of these movies are going to look very familiar to you and have, and perhaps already have releases through Warner Brothers. But um, cutting that off cutting that off right you there... Did a, you did a great job, man. Yeah, because I could just mm-hmm. go down a whole rabbit hole here for <laughs> RKO. Uh, but, so my first release is going to be um, Top Hat, which is, of course, the Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire musical. I actually prefer this movie to Swing Time, which everyone seems to, I guess, really love. Even Criterion put out a Blu-ray of Swing Time. But Top Hat, uh, as of right now, doesn't have a Blu-ray release and is still stuck in the DVD realm. So I thought, hey, since I have this company, I might as well put out a nice Blu-ray edition of Top Hat. You know, just maybe even kick off more releases of the old Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire films because, you know, they're, they're magic. They're from that Golden Age era. So... You know, that's what I would do there. Um, and like I said, I've always really liked this movie. Um, and also my main passion has always really been, or at least has grown for that old 
old Hollywood films. So second up here is going to be a film called Bachelor Mother, which is a movie I don't think a lot of people know about. Also starring Ginger Rogers, uh, David Niven, and Charles Coburn. And this is a really good film that is, once again, doesn't have a Blu-ray release. So I'm kind of connecting back to our previous episodes where we <laughs> talked about movies that just don't have Blu-ray releases yet. And Bachelor Mother is a really kind of kind of a romantic comedy, if you will. Um, Ginger Rogers plays someone who's working uh, like retail at like for like holiday help. And then once the holiday season is over, she's about to get fired. But she ends up finding an abandoned baby who's been abandoned outside of an orphanage. And basically her boss says, you know, we can't fire, you know, a single mother. So we'll just keep her on. So basically she just keeps up this ruse that she's this baby's mother when she's really not. And it's a really great film. And it's I just think it's super underrated. So that's Bachelor Mother. And there is a DVD release of it, but it's through uh, Warner Archive. And I think it's probably one of their made-on-demand releases, I think. Um, so I would love an upgrade. Uh, next is um, The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer, which is a Cary Grant film. And I just love Cary Grant. He's in my, he's in probably my top five favorite all-time, maybe top three favorite all-time uh, actors. Uh, one of my collecting goals is to own all of his movies. So I would love a Blu-ray release of this. They're slowly starting to put out Blu-ray releases of his of his work. Apparently he worked a lot with RKO back in the day. He must have been on contract with them because that's the way the studio system worked. Uh, but The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer is this kind of great screwball comedy starring uh, Cary Grant, Myrna Loy, and Shirley Temple. And it's one of Shirley Temple's films that she did when she was a teenager uh, before she kind of quit acting. And I don't know if this is a movie that'll be made today, but basically uh, <laughs> Shirley Temple becomes infatuated with Cary Grant. He's like, I can't remember what his profession is, but he's someone well-known and he goes and does like a big talk at her school and she becomes infatuated with him. And basically the other adults in her life are like, let's just, let, let, let's just have her play out her fantasy and she'll get sick of it. And she'll just like, just forget about him. But what, but what ends up happening is Myrna Loy and Cary Grant end up developing a relationship and it's a really fun kind of, um, screwball comedy ensues plus romance as well. But I would really love to see you get a Blu-ray release. It's currently on DVD uh, it's been in a bunch of Cary Grant, you know, DVD sets over the years and whatnot. So that's that movie. Um, next up here is um, an Alfred Hitchcock film called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, when Alfred Hitchcock uh, first came over to Hollywood, um, he signed, I believe he signed with David O. Selznick, who was running RKO at the time. And RKO was not making a lot of money, so he was kind of selling Hitchcock out to make films for other studios, but I think Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they did make at RKO. This doesn't have a Blu-ray release at all, and it's, I believe, it may be Carol Lombard's last film, because she tragically passed away in a plane crash, and um, I think right after making this movie, and so I think it deserves a Blu-ray release for that, and I know Kino's been putting out a lot of her stuff in in not one but two box sets um so actually no her last film was to be or not to be which is that yeah. the ernst lubitsch film yes it is it's the lubitsch yeah during the war yeah it is the ernst great, lubitsch great film, film with benny hill great film has a criterion yeah. release mm -hmm. um so 
I really like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's based, um, it's, for some people, some reason people think that the Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt film is a remake of this film. <laughs> it is not. They just have the same title. <laughs> it's not. Basically, a couple uh, portrayed by Carol Lombard and Robert Montgomery, um, they're a married couple, but they realize that I think that their marriage isn't valid for some reason. And so they have to get remarried, but then they kind of reassess their relationship and they kind of like drift apart from one another. But it's done in a playful Hitchcockian way. Um, it's not a Hitchcock film that a lot of people talk about, but I've always really liked it. Um, yeah, so that's that. And then for my box set, I kind of went simple, kind of went basic. Not 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 a lot of th frills here. I went with an essential RKO Blu-ray box set. So basically, if you want to really get into all of the major, you know, films that RKO put out, uh, this is the box set for you. And basically, this box set has. Um, King Kong, Citizen Kane, The Magnificent Ambersons, and in a perfect world, it would be the real Magnificent Ambersons with the the restored right. Orson Welles official version, not the happy-go-lucky recut ending that we got. Um, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but apparently they're looking for it. They're looking Brazil. for the lost footage in Brazil, and there's going to be a whole documentary about it. Let's go, guys. I, Let's go. I would love it. <laughs> and then last year would be, uh, and then Best Years of Our Lives, and then Out of the Past. And that would be the great movies. The essential yeah. RKO Blu-ray box set. Yeah, that's... we almost had overlap because I had I, I took Citizen Kane off my list. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I almost didn't put it on it at all. But then when I came up with that box set, I was like, I got to put it on there. Yeah, it's kind of a must. Wow, I'm a huge Orson Welles fan, mm. so I I put two of his films on there just for my sake, I guess. Yeah, well, it's your label, man. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know. You know me, I like uh, discovering new things, so a lot of that stuff I haven't seen and I want to see. So um, I, I, I'm going to be buying from you. Um. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, I, and I would, yeah, and I was talking about, like, models and stuff. I, I don't think I would have them numbered or anything like that. Maybe limited to, I don't know, just for the sake of economics, probably 2,500 copies, maybe. Okay. I mean, granted... I think it would be kind of based off of the release because I think Citizen Kane would sell more than like Top Hat or, yeah. or, you know, King Kong would sell more than, you know, Bachelor Mother. So I think it would be based off of release, would be based off of how many copies that I would, you know, create. Yeah. Essentially. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'm, la I'm last here. Um, Save the best for last. Well, I don't Not know. Least. You, well, that's fine. All, all labels are good. We we like them all. Um, so I, I, you know, I didn't necessarily go with like, uh, you know, any kind of overarching theme. Um, I kind of just picked films that um, mean a lot to me, or you know, they kind of make me when I think about cinema um, and why I love it. These are movies that really stand out to me. Um, and also, you know, so kind of like you guys, you know, you pick, you know, the box set. I kind of like decided to go a little bit more extreme fantasy on it. Um, but the name of my label is called Memory Lane. Um, you know, just, you know, when I think about, you know, kind of it's kind of a sentimental title. And that's how I feel about film. You know, I get I get sentimental about it when I talk about it. Um, but um, so the first movie I decided to put on here and it kind of, I think, reflects a little bit of that um, is uh a film from 1998, um, Afterlife, from uh, Harry uh, Harry Kazukurieda. 
Um, I think, you know, this movie really blends that idea of like um, where how life and cinema can kind of like cross over. You know, it's about these it's about like people crossing over to the afterlife and they need, you know, they're like the people in the afterlife are like, what is like your fondest memory? Well, we're going to reshoot it like a movie and it'll be the memory you have going into the next life, you know, like it. And it's so it's got this kind of like, you know, crossover ability with cinema and and, and you know, in the essence of life and and um i just really love that movie and and i would really put out a great set for it you know i i you know i met corietta so I, he knows oh, me wow. he, i met him at a film festival he probably remembers me um he, I'll, I'll get him to come in and and uh we'll we'll do some new commentaries and stuff like that um i have to get an interpreter because i don't i don't speak japanese <laughs> but um yeah i mean um you guys seen this film Actually, haven't. I, I wow. think I heard. I, I think I heard a rumor that that it's coming to Criterion or, oh, or Janus man. Films. I, I I could be wrong. Um, I I heard that one Corita is um is rumored. Okay. Per, yeah. Well, so but you're telling me the, you, you're telling me I can the, get the rights for it now. Great. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You have you seen it Afterlife, Andrew? I've not. Oh, jeez, guys. What yeah. Are you, all what I've you seen. Doing? All I've seen is shoplifters. Yeah. And still walking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the, still walking I, came out from Criterion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Both of those are great. I've seen a couple others. I I just found it. Uh, uh, Tan Nguyen from Vietnam tweeted that he has written a, written an essay for Criterion's release of Afterlife. Mm. So there you go. Sorry, Jeez. Stephen. Jeez. You know what? I'll be a UK label when I'm putting out in the UK. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I know. Um, 4K. Yeah, I'll put a 4K out. You know three different artworks um but um yes i really love this film i love corietta um i i would keep putting out his stuff in my in you know my titles down the road um but my second title um i wanted to go with like a just a hardcore kind of like a founding fathers of like a, a certain genre and that is uh, kind of like one of the great beginnings of like the slasher genre um and that is peeping tom um, Ooh, good one. Yeah, which I you know has a Criterion release, really old one. I think it's like in the like fifty something. Or... It's DVD, and that's also Studio Canal. So yeah, yeah. So has, has not come back. Yeah, and um, so this is a really great film. It's a really good psychological, um, you know, getting into the mindset of somebody that's a killer. You know, it makes it puts you in their position in their their point of view, and um, a voyeur, um, and it's 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 one of my favorite movies of that kind. And I just felt the need to definitely put it into my collection because, um, it's, you know, it's essential. It's, it's, if you're looking for the beginnings of that genre, a lot of times people talk about like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, as being kind of one of the, the staples, uh, the beginnings of the slasher genre. I kind of look at this one to be kind of the mm -hmm. more essential one. Um, and, um, yeah, you guys, you guys love this film. Oh yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. this and Psycho, I think, are, are really what started it all. Yeah, Andrew. Oh yeah, I mean, if uh, you remember, once upon a time, we did a whole episode on it for Cinema Discovery Project. It was one of our first spotlights. Was Peeping yeah. Tom? Um, yeah, Michael Powell is, I yeah, think, Powell is an all-time director. Yeah. Or yeah, he Powell just did. It was, this just, was Powell. just Powell. This yeah, was just yeah, Powell. Yeah. But Powell and Pressburger together were. Uh, Pretty pretty amazing combination oh, yeah. <laughs> of making some amazing all time films. Mm -hmm. I think more people need to know who who they 
they were. I mean, and do we have to say, stuff. I mean, the red shoes will be in my collection at some point. I mean, I just, just want to yeah. Say <laughs> but um, awesome. Um, so my third title here is one that I went a little bit, uh, even a little more modern, closer to modern day here. Um, and I think we all will agree that this is a great film. I, I'm pretty sure you've seen this, Aaron. Um, from nine, uh, from 2017, Columbus. Um, yeah, a great meditative film. Um, you know, dealing with grief and dealing with you know, kind of the, you know, you know, legacy of your 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 father and you know, you know, you got John Cho in here, which I think John Cho is showing he needs mm-hmm. to do more stuff. Uh, we in the in the indie realm, you know, he. He's, I've always liked him, but when he started doing these like dramas and these a little bit more intimate stuff, I'm really loving his work. Um, Searching's actually pretty good for that type of movie. Um, it's all one point of view kind of thing. And um, but Columbus, I, when that came out, me and Andrew were both like, "Where's the Blu-ray release? Where is this thing?" And finally, yeah, we waited years for it. Yeah, we. I feel yeah. it felt like it, but it Oscilloscope finally put it out. And um, I think it did. It have another release too, possibly. Well, it Did first it? came out. It first came out in the UK. I remember we yeah. both bought that release. Yeah, because yeah, I do have like two a, releases of it. it came I out like a two. year after it came out. Yeah, but I and really then, love this movie. It's such a gorgeous. Uh, Kokonaga um, mm-hmm. directed it. He 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 does a lot of special feature stuff. I think with Criterion, um, and um, it's just, it's a beautiful film. I love I love putting this movie on. I've probably watched it maybe like three or four times now. I just like putting it on and like. Just looking at it, I don't even have to put on the, the audio. You can just watch this movie, and it just you can kind of go with it. Um, but it's uh, Haley Lou Richardson's also in this film. She's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Columbus. Um, so Stephen, I'm. I got to. I, I was fortunate to see this movie and have a um, renowned architect, uh, um, academic, or he he taught architecture. Uh-huh. Speak about uh, the um, the the. The, the actual buildings in Columbus that are kind of characters in the, in their own way. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was fantastic. Um, it, it did come out in, uh, I think network put it out in, in the UK. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, this is also on my, uh, on my short list for uh, so far best of the century, uh, this century. It, it, yeah. It's and, really, yeah. Well, and, it, and what... I, I showed it to my wife and she loved it even more than, well, about as much as I did. So. Wow. Great. Yeah. yeah. How I discovered it, there was a friend of mine who did like a top 10 of 2017 and it was his number one and I hadn't heard of it at that point and this was probably like early 2018 and then for some way I tracked it down and then when I watched it, I was like, this this movie's amazing. I don't know why more people aren't talking about it. Uh, Like Steven said, it did get a oscilloscope pictures did put out a Blu-ray here in the States. I would love for this to get a more deluxe edition Wait, at no, some point. It's me. I, I, I got well, you. Other than, I mean, <laughs> my label's got you. you Steve, if you put memory this lane, out, I'm buying memory it. I'm lane, buying it. Memory Lane is going to put out a deluxe set. It's, it's, it's happening. Yeah, I need it. I need it now. It doesn't even need a 4K, though. I mean, that, it, it's it, already It looked gorgeous, now. though. It, it would, but it doesn't really need one. Um, but, because my yeah, Blu-ray and, looks great as, as it is. But, um. Nice. Awesome. Um. Well, I'm glad I'm, looks like I'm getting some sales here. I know. Um, <laughs> Making money. Uh, uh, so my last single title I got here is, um, I went, I decided to go with a, more of a classic film. Um, but this is another, I think, a, a, an all-time great. Um, from 1955, Marty. Um, this is a film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ernest, Ernest Borgnine's probably one of his great, maybe his best performance. Um mm-hmm. 
it's it didn't it, didn't it win best picture or did it get nominated? It did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. won best picture. He won best yeah. actor. Yeah, yeah. It's a all, all time classic. Yeah, it, it's it's a movie. I, and I know we mean because we did it once again. We did a spotlight on this. We I did. Um, we talk about how this is very relatable film. Um, you know, for us, you know, we, you know, having trouble with women. You know, having you know, like it's it just it really to me. Um, you know, like I said, back to why my la- why I chose the films in my label. They, they make me think not only about you know why I love cinema, and, but how it relates to me and how I, you know and that this movie really I can see myself in his character in this movie and it's just it's very important to me so I would I if I can get the rights to this I would grab it right up it's going to be in my collection um in my in my label so um yeah I mean I I really love this movie and um now I'm going to get to my big box set and this is where I got a little crazy (laughs) um nice so if you know me and Andrew on this podcast we love film noir um so I decided to take this chance to do kind of more of like a modern like you know neo-noir set you know because a lot of times we get these film noir sets they're all like classic stuff um so i'm i'm i decided to do more like a modern neo-noir set of five films um one of them being the film that i don't know how has not gotten a single release anywhere so later down the line this there'll be a single release of this movie in my my label too um (laughs) i'm gonna do one of them things where i pull something out of a a box set and it's gonna have its own um but the first one in my set is, and I don't, I didn't come up with a name for my noir set. Maybe it'll be called "From Dust Till Dawn," the noir of I don't know what I don't know what it'll be called. But the first film in my set is "LA Confidential." Why doesn't this have some big deluxe release yet? I don't know why. It's, it's to me one of the best noirs in general, um, and that's you know directed by Curtis Hanson. We recently lost him not too long ago. Um, big cast. Love that movie. Don't need to explain that movie. That movie's great. Um, my second film in my in my set is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, I think this is a really kind of like underseen one a little bit for a lot of people because you know Robert Downey Jr. came back. He was Iron Man and he did this movie like right around that time and nobody really paid attention to it. Really, um, it it stars uh, Val Kilmer also, um, Michelle Monaghan, and it's directed by Shane Black. Which you know Shane Black's gone on. It's kind of his thing. Noirs are kind of his thing. He's done that since Lethal Weapon. Um, when he wrote them movies and then like, you know, he did recently did the nice guys, which is kind of another neo-noir. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really love kiss, kiss, bang, bang, really sharp script, a lot of great humor that the chemistry between Val Kilmer and, and Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic. Um, and then the next film in my set is, um, one that we, we, uh, it's got an arrow release. Um, it's a movie called, it's from the Wachowskis called bound. Um, and this one's a great, you know, like, you know, it's kind of all one location for the most part. It, you know, most of the films in this apartment and it's these female, it's kind of a lesbian story you know, somewhat. Um, and of course, if you know the Wachowskis, you know, they, it, it's very telling from their personal mm-hmm. lives. But um, this is a really great one. I, I, I finally saw this movie when after I got the Arrow release. I really just love the, the, the tone and the, and the, just the visuals of this film. And this was before, of course, The Matrix came out, so they weren't. This this movie sometimes gets lost, but um, it's a great noir. Um, and then I got um, this one was kind of kind of a kind of like a wild card pick I picked. Um, it's 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 a Mel Gibson film from the '90s, and it's called Payback. Um, and 
you know, some people might like not like this movie. It's got different cuts. It's a, the the more the more director's cut is the better cut, I think. Um, but this is kind of like a revenge story, a heist gone wrong, um, and you know, Mel Gibson gets out of you know gets out of prison or gets you know, and then he goes running after all the people that got his money. I really like it. I think it's a really kind of grimy, um, kind of thriller of revenge story, and I I like it. And then the last one I got on here is um, a movie from Sam Raimi called A Simple Plan. Um, and it's kind of a, another kind of somewhat, not not a heist, but these guys, group of guys, find this money and it's about how they go about deciding whether to keep it or not. And, you know, they're supposed to be friends, but they're betraying each other somewhat. And, it, you know, nobody's telling each other the truth. And two of them are brothers, Bill Paxton and Billy Bob Thornton play brothers. And then they have another friend of, that and so the loyalties are, are going back and forth. It's it's a, it's definitely kind of a different Sam Raimi. Have you guys seen Simple Plan before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I you know from Sam Raimi. He also did a baseball movie in the nineties too. And you're like, what? Like the guy that did <laughs> Evil Dead, you know? But um, yeah. Any anything to say about my 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 noir sets? Yeah. I like it. You like it? I like it too. Would, yeah. you, would you buy I, my I, noir set? I would buy your <laughs> noir set just to get a new version of L.A. Confidential. Because that was another spotlight that we did. And Stephen and I, since, since as long as I've known him, we've always bemoaned how there's just this old Blu-ray release of L.A. Confidential, and they just re-release the same exact disc every yeah. couple of years in some new, like, mm-hmm. not really great packaging. Pho- and Photoshop, they're like, hey, Photoshop here you go. Artwork, you know. Some terrible Photoshop artwork. And they're like, oh, here's a new release. And it's the same exact disc from, I think, the late, the, the late, uh, 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, it's that old of a disc. Um, that movie desperately needs a remaster of some kind and a re-release. And I don't know I don't know why. I don't know if they're waiting for some type of big anniversary or something like that. <laughs> but I mean, come on. Damn, I'm going to have to wait get for 30, 30 years anniversary <laughs> to get a set. Nah. My label's <laughs> going to put it out. Um, Good. All right. Well, if that's it, any anything else to say? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a Warner Brothers, so I, I kind of don't know what they're doing with uh, with media, Jesus, um, and look. so is RKO. So, but uh, yeah, would love to see it someday. Um, yeah, and and you unfortunately, I, I even though I know you, you you intend to put it out one day. Yeah, I, I forgot. I've been wanting that bound set, so I wish I had heard this piece before I bought my I placed my order forty five minutes ago. Oh, jeez, <laughs> and saved right. on shipping. So, um, wow. but but I'll, I'll just wait and buy it from you. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. good Thank yeah. you. I, I'll, I'll give you a deal. I'll give you a coupon code. You know, I'll send you a promo code. Uh, Thanks, man. All right. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Well, that's it for our episode of Chasing Labels, spy number four. Um, I want to thank Aaron for coming on. Um, you know, I hope you had a good time. Um, had a great time. Yeah. yeah great. And um, hopefully, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll come on to your show maybe one day again. Um, I can sing another song. Uh, maybe we get Andrew on there. See if, see I if will not be singing. <laughs> <laughs> Neither will I. <laughs> We'd love to have you guys sometime. Awesome, man. Awesome. Man. So, so where yeah. can we find you? I uh, I just find us on a Criterion Cast, uh, or go to our, our Criterion uh, Now Facebook group that we have a lot of fun in there. I'm on Twitter, AWS505. I don't tweet a whole lot, uh, a little bit here and there, but uh, yeah, the group is the best place. That's where we geek out on what's co- going to come out. We have our polls. I think yeah. you've seen those, Stephen. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And Andrew, where can we find you? 
Um, you can find me on Twitter at Capzilla06, as well as my YouTube channel, Capzilla Productions. And you can find me on Facebook, Stephen Billings. You can find me on Instagram at ChasingLabels16. You can find me on Letterboxd at ChasingLabels. You can also find the audio for this podcast on Podbean or Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and hey, keep on watching them movies. I know I will. Me too. <laughs> I will also. <laughs> <laughs>